Are you ready to praise him this morning? I know I am, my king. Excited. community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the word of God and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Thank you, Father. We just glorify your name this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we are overcomers and we overcome everything, Father, because we have you on our side, Lord. And we just thank you this morning, Father. We just worship you and we thank you. We welcome you here, sir. Welcome your Holy Spirit this morning, Father. And we just yield to him right now. And we just worship you, Father, in spirit and in truth. We thank you for every miracle that will take place, Father. We thank you for healing. Thank you for freedom, Lord. Thank you for setting hearts free this morning, Lord Jesus. We just come into your presence, Father God, with expectation this morning, Father. And we thank you for everything that you are going to do in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you,
God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. I will live, I will not die, the resurrection power of Christ.
lives on the inside of us when we speak the name of Jesus. It awakens something on the inside of us. It's not just an exercise that we do to say the name of Jesus. But there's power in his very name. And as a believer, when you get that name in your mouth, <laughs> in your heart, it awakens something on the inside. Hallelujah. She said strongholds break loose when we speak the name of Jesus. There's something about speaking and releasing his name, the name above every name. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship the name <laughs> Oh, Jesus. The very room, the atmosphere, environment that you're in changes when you begin to speak the name of Jesus. Because you can speak all kinds of other names, but your heart hooks up and connects to that name. It knows there's something different about that name. <laughs> there's something powerful about that name and who he is who he is glory to god glory to god come on and sing his name oh jesus oh jesus oh jesus jesus we love you been given to you, things change. Things in your life don't have to stay the same. They change when you involve the master. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
when you get the master's plan for you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We take the time to acknowledge you today. We know that you are here with us. Holy Spirit, you're the one who reveals him to us. And so I ask right now that you would make him real to us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No other name but the name of Jesus. There's healing and provision and power in his name. <laughs> Hallelujah. We worship you. We love and we honor you, Jesus. We love, we can't separate him from his name. The Father and his word are one. Jesus and his name are one. <laughs> we cannot separate him from his name. Glory to God. And he's given us his name. Bless the Lord. And so we honor and we give glory to the mighty name of Jesus. The name that's above every name. And in his name right now, I take authority over the enemy. We declare today that we are free from Satan's power. Not only are we free from the power of darkness as it relates to sin, but we are free from the power of the enemy as it relates to sickness and disease, to struggle, to confusion, to lack, to poverty. We're free from the hands of the enemy. And so we declare that right now in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I declare that in this house we are free people. We are free from the power of the devil. No longer does he have any place in our lives. But we are free from sickness and disease. We are free from poverty and lack. We are free from the dominion of the devil. We walk in newness of life. We walk in light. We walk in prosperity. We walk in the anointing. We walk in the delivering power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We are free and filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if you agree, say amen. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Glory to God. And receive his strength right now. Receive that flow of strength right now in your body. Receive that flow of strength right now in your body. Right now, in Jesus' name. It's released for you right now. Hallelujah. There's a flow of strength here for you. Just receive that impartation right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. A full supply of whatever it is that we need when we come together in one accord. Amen? Hallelujah, we receive it, Father. We receive it, Father. We receive it, Father, in the name of Jesus. According to your faith, be it unto you. Be it unto you. Be it unto you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Glory to Jesus. We're listening to the Holy Spirit. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I don't want to change what we're doing until he tells us we can. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you for the flow of peace in this place. I thank you for the flow of divine energy in this place. <laughs> the equipping, the equipping, the equipping, the equipping for whatever we have to face this week, whatever is in front of us when we leave here. You are well equipped and well enabled to handle it. Amen. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 We receive your strength and your joy. It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a supply of joy in the house today. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a supply of joy in this house today. Glory to God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Say that with me. Say the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. I receive strength. I receive joy today in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, team, this morning. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. This week's upcoming Good morning, Father South Family Church. It is Nation Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements, so listen up. I would like to first welcome, on behalf of Father South Family Church, all of our visitors, first-time guests. We are so, so glad that you are here. We hope and pray that you felt the love of God as you enter into the church today, and we would love to connect with you further. So if you don't mind, please go ahead and fill out a connect card before you leave. You can receive one by one of our ushers, and you can turn it in during our offering time. We have a gift for you in return. So please do not leave without filling out a connect card. We hope and pray that you enjoy the service and that you come back and see us very, very soon. Next, on April the 9th, which is next Saturday, Dighton Parks and Rec will be hosting a community Easter egg hunt at 12 p.m. at the town hall. Lit Youth will be representing Father's House Family Church and serving by helping to set up the event. Mark Clark is asking that the Lit Youth meet him at the town hall at 11 a.m. to help set up. This is an amazing opportunity for our youth to represent us and fulfill one of our missions, which is to impact communities. And so parents, if you would love to get your youth involved with that, please see Mike Clark or drop them off at 11 a.m. next Saturday. Just a friendly reminder that on April the 17th is Easter Sunday, or as we like to call it, Resurrection Sunday. And this is a perfect opportunity to go ahead and invite your unchurched friends and family members to church. And we are believing God with you that as you step out in faith, invite them that they will come. And not only will they come, but their lives will be changed by the power of God. Hallelujah. And so invite your friends and family with you. We're standing in agreement that they're going to come and that their lives are never going to be the same. In light of 
Resurrection Sunday, we are putting together a choir. We're going to sing one song and we're going to stay after service to practice. So this is a reminder that we will be practicing this Sunday after service and next Sunday after service to prepare for Easter Resurrection Sunday. So if you did not sign up and you still would like to join the choir, there's still time to stay after service today and you'll have more than enough time to learn the song and be prepared for Easter Sunday. Oh, this is a very exciting announcement. On April the 24th will be our next child dedication service. If you would like to have your child dedicated during that time, you can fill out a contact form on our website or you can message us on Facebook Messenger. Child dedications are so special. It's an opportunity for the pastor to pronounce a blessing over the child's life. And it is a public announcement by the family and the parents to say, I am going to raise my child up to know and serve Christ, and I'm going to be a good example for them by being a follower of Jesus Christ. And so if that's you, and you have not dedicated your child yet, and you want to do that on April the 24th, please contact us. Let us know. We cannot wait to pronounce a blessing and agree with you concerning the life and the future of your child. And last but certainly not least, this is your friendly reminder that International Rhema Day is still coming up. And we hope that you are still collecting change and you are still hearing from the Lord on what he would like for you to give. Because we are in agreement that we are going to meet our goal of $500. And so we call the money in from the north, the east, the south, and the west. We're going to pray over together as a church family. We're going to give cheerfully to Rhema Bible Training School, and we're going to believe God to continue to bless the lives of those who attend. Amen. Amen. This concludes our announcements for this week. At this time, it is time to give, and we're going to call up Brother Ivan to receive our offering. Let's receive him. Good morning, family. Great job, Sister Nature. <laughs> Amen. Are you ready to give? If so, raise your hand so the archer can serve you. Are you excited being here? Are you excited you belong to the family of God? Now it's time to get excited on Titsong. Amen. Some people. They never receive their harvest on the seed they sow because they sow on the wrong soil. You know, I, I remember when uh, I was young, my grandmother used to go to like this mountain to, to go do a plantation there. And she would, she would plant the seeds on a, on a fertilized soil and she always had the harvest. But some people, they don't get the harvest because they plant the wrong soil. Because the soil is hard, a soil that don't have a foundation on the word of God and don't believe the word on giving and receiving. But thank God we are the good and rich soil, fertilized with, the f with our faith in the word of God. Amen. Uh, like, uh, I used to do, like, when I used to go to a doctor, everything, Doctors tell me, oh, try this, try that. I'll try everything. As long as they, they don't charge me for it, <laughs> I'll try everything. But I was listening to a message on, on Pastor Jesse Duplantis. He, he said, like, uh, he and the doctor doesn't get along uh, too well. 
It's not because the, he doesn't like the doctors, it's because the, uh, he, and, uh, he likes his work to be guaranteed. So when the <laughs> and uh, the doctors will be like, try this, try that. And Jesse will be like, try nothing, man. <laughs> try not to pay you. <laughs> It'd be like, is this going to work? If it's going to work, I'll pay you, no matter what the amount. He say he doesn't want the doctor to practice on him and, f <laughs> and, f and for the doctor to go practice on his wife. Je Jesse said, that's like, that's like somebody's asking the Lord, he or she, if he wants to go to heaven. And the Lord will be like, well, try this. <laughs> God doesn't want his people to live in lack. But he want, what he wants is his people to credit him for it. Because it is God that does it. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.17. So then, you must never think that you have made yourself wealthy by your own power and strength. Deuteronomy 8:18. God tells us why. Remember that it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to become rich. Most people believe in sowing, but very few people believe in reaping. Most people have a revelation of giving but they don't have a revelation in receiving. God created us to be prosperous. Poverty is a curse, and prosperity is a blessing, amen? We need to follow God's plan so we can be richly blessed in everything we do. And we need to have God's perspective on prosperity to be a blessing to somebody else. Second Corinthians 9.7. So let each give as he purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. We don't give because there's a need. We give because there's, a, there's the purpose. Even though we're often going to meet the need, but we give to the purpose of what the need will do once it is met, through you and by God. Third John 1-2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prosper. God wants us to be prosper in everything, not just financially, but physically in a perfect health and spiritually. He wants our soul to be prosper, to align your soul with, the, with God's word. Amen. And thank you all for your faithful giving to the word of Ruth. And our goal of 400 each week. We had received 1210, remain 13399. Amen. We're making progress. Amen. Please let's stand so we can read our offering confession. You ready? Because we are tithers, the winds of heaven are open. The blessings being poured out. Because we are souls, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission.
settlements, estates, and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns. We will receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfers, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, land, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing to our hands great big seed, and moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command the harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvest angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come to the front and release your tithes and offerings to the Lord. Now I'll hand it over to Pastor Maria. She'll pray for the offering. Thank you, Ivan. I'm going to put that up there on that stand right there. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Glory to God. <laughs> I like what he said there. We don't give because there's a need. We give because there's a purpose. It might fulfill a need, but there's a purpose. What purpose? God's purpose. Amen. Glory to God. Hey, Mr. Gary, how you doing? Good. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to sow. And you see every seed that we sow, every one. And we thank you for this opportunity. We don't take it lightly. We don't give grudgingly or out of necessity. But we give for your purposes to be fulfilled here on this planet. We thank you that we can partner with you financially. And we can see results. We can see your purposes fulfilled on this earth. And we can see provision in our lives. So we open the door to provision right now in the name of Jesus. Multiplication in the name of Jesus in our finances. Every family represented here and online is blessed. The blessing of the Lord is upon us. And we see it working in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. You ready for Resurrection Sunday? Amen. It's funny because it was um, during like March in previous years. It keeps moving further and further away. I'm like, it'll be in May, right before Mother's Day before we know it. <laughs> but uh, Resurrection Sunday, it came up on my feed like three weeks ago, you know, and then today it came up again that it was like this time last year or whatever year it was, not last year, but a few years ago. And so it's coming. So on Resurrection Sunday, invite your friends and family, relatives. We do have, and this is not a bribe. Do you understand? It's just a good time for me to do it. So we have an, a family in the church that God has been really blessing. I mean financially. Has been really blessing. And maybe at one point they'll get up and share their testimony. But he has been blessing them. So they gave us five $100 gas cards to give out. And they said, give it to individuals that you know need it. So we've given three that we know individuals who, who need it. And I've got two. And so on Easter Sunday, we're going to put it in a little raffle. And uh, you put your name in there. And everybody can use a little extra for gas. That's $100. That, that'll get you maybe one fill-up. <laughs> Before, it would get you three <laughs> or four. Maybe one on your car. But hey, one more than you would have had, right? And so on Easter Sunday, when you bring a guest, make sure that they put their name in there too. And we're going to believe that the right people get those cards. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And, and it, I know some individuals, do I have to do it? No, you don't. You, you don't. If you are all set and you want to be a blessing to someone and you want them to get it, then don't put your name. Now, 
When I say that, nobody will put their name in now. Watch. Because that's the kind of church we are. <laughs> Bless someone else. And everybody else puts, you know, nobody's name in it. But no, just be led of the Lord. Do what you want to do. But we want to be a blessing. And, and we uh, have agreed for the continued blessing in that family. God bless them. They said they know that there's needs. And God has just put in their heart to just meet the needs of people. And that's real relevant, isn't it? <laughs> Gas. <laughs> that's very relevant. Glory to God. All right, my choir people for Resurrection Sunday, you ready? Amen. You're like, I'm coming up now? <laughs> we're doing it right now? No. <laughs> right after service, just stay for a few minutes and we're going to rehearse together. I'm looking forward to uh, this time together uh, to, to have this choir. So uh, if you're interested, you don't have to sign up or anything. Just stay after service and uh, you can join us, all right? On Wednesday evening, we'll not be streaming the service. Uh, Mom will be leading the service, and I'd like you to come uh, in person. Eric and I will be away. We'll be in Pennsylvania at uh, the worship center uh, there in uh, Lancaster. And so come and be a part of the service. It will not be streaming. But Mom's going to be teaching on something that, uh, yeah, is very important. Okay. She's going to be teaching. So come. Yeah. Praying for the church and your pastor. I love this message. All right, come <laughs> come and be a part of that. How many of you picked up a card on the table on the way back? There's also our April calendar back there. So uh, this card, uh, remember this confession that we're doing. And I'm telling you, the way God works is just he's working things out. And so he's working things out. And so we've had conversations with the town. I spoke to Lena on Friday. <laughs> And I'm like, it's just wonderful when you listen to the Lord. It, everything works out because you listen. We even say, Lord, what number should we put on this? And it just felt right with this. That we're going to go with this. And <laughs> you'll, you'll hear soon about, about how that's working out. So know that your confession of faith is working. Okay, your confession of faith and thanking God every day for our construction project, this building our impact project, it's working. And uh, so the town, we have favor with the town. They, they, are, they want this building and we should have a letter in, of intent in our hands within the next couple of weeks. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. We are going to finish up church attendance. I promise. We're getting this done. <laughs> because we've got Palm Sunday coming up next week, believe it or not, and then uh, Resurrection Sunday the week after that. And so uh, God has been kind of, we're doing something a little different uh, for uh, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we're talking about resurrection, but how it applies to us today. Like, what's it matter to you that some man <laughs> walked and lived among people? Okay, men live every day. Men die every day. Are they raised to life every day? <laughs> and what does that mean for you? You know, we read about it, but what does that mean for my life on a daily basis? And so that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, but we're going to finish up this series. Last week, we talked on the commitments that I make as a pastor to this faith family based on our partnership covenant. You want to put that partnership covenant up there? Uh, based on that, I think it's the next slide. Based on that, uh, 
we talked on that. Um, and it's, it's something that we sign when we become partners, uh, part of the faith family in this church. Some probably haven't seen it for many years, uh, but it's something that we sign because uh, becoming a, a, a part of the family is a two-way street commitment. It's not just one-way commitment, but it's two-way. And so uh, we looked at some of the things that I commit to as a pastor in addition to living a godly life like all of us believers are called to do. Amen? So let's review them very quickly. I commit to please God. That's the first one, which means I listen to him and obey him concerning the decisions I make and the direction that we take as a church. We're not going in my direction. If we were going in my direction, you'd be going in circles because I'm not very good with directions. Although I did pretty good. Last two times you all driven with me, I listened to the GPS. I did not argue with it and turn it off and tell it I know more than it does. But uh, direction in me, mm -mm. so I have to listen to the Lord. And so I commit to please God. Uh, the second, I commit to perfect the saints, which is what we read in Ephesians 4.12. My responsibility as pastor is to equip you to do his work. And I said this last week, and, and, and I keep getting more on this, but I see it as you've already been equipped for God's purposes for you. You've been equipped already by the Lord. My job is to help you develop and grow and become skillful in what he's equipped you to do. Amen? And so that's why we teach on things that we teach. So you can complete your assignment, glory to God, that he's given you. And then the third, I commit to feed and protect the flock. I talked about the different ways that I do this, protecting the pulpit. And, and if I hear something about people, in the, you know, it's very important. And so if you didn't catch the message, you can listen to it on, uh, on our website or Facebook or YouTube. I'm not going to get into that again. And the fourth thing that I commit to is to be an example to you. And this is where we spent most of the time on that because I, I gave you an illustration of what God is teaching me concerning something as simple as having an honest conversation. Having an honest conversation. Uh, we looked at James chapter 3 and verse 16 in the message. It says, it's the way that you live, not the way you talk that counts. So my commitment is that the audio and the video of my life match. <laughs> not do as I say, not as I do. Do you know in parenting, in school teaching, in pastoring, that does not work. Maybe years ago it used to, but people have gotten smart. Your children have gotten smart. <laughs> that, they don't play with that no more. I mean, when our, you know, if, if anybody ever told us that before, we'd probably be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But now they're, they'll call you out on it. Wait a minute, you hypocrite. You know, that's what they do now. And so people are quick to do that. And so I believe and that uh, one of my commitments is, and I know the Lord is helping me with that, to be an example. Just as my parents have been an example. What they preach, they do. <laughs> I can attest to that. And so we took a little time talking about honest communication, which is one of the values of this church and how the Lord is teaching me that um, I could misrepresent him. If, you know, the thing that pastors hear all the time, I use that example is, I'll see you on Sunday, you know, <laughs> when you call or when you are in the store. I mean, like out of the blue, it just the comes out. 
see what's Sunday? And you know you haven't seen them for a month, so you know that it's just out of guilt. That's all it is. Don't be guilty. Just come if you can. Come if you can. You don't have to say anything. But my go-to when someone says, I'll see you on Sunday, and then, you know, when weeks go by and they don't come, and they're like, oh, well, you know, it's just been real busy and, you know, and this and that. And my go-to has always been, it's okay. It's no problem. Oh, no problem. And so uh, the Lord has just been dealing with me on that, on changing how I respond when instead of, it's okay, no problem. You know, and, and letting that individual know, you know what, it doesn't matter what I think one way or another. It's just my opinion. But you know what, go have a conversation with the Lord about it and ask him and then do what he tells you to do because that is what matters. Ask God what he thinks. And so that takes the pressure off of me and then go ahead, you go to God, you know, and, and, and ask him. And I don't think God's going to tell someone to stay out of church for 10 weeks, you know what I mean, so... Anyway, glory to God. So uh, that's just a simple example of uh, how I'm trying to be an example and how the little things. I'm so glad. I told God this this morning. I am so glad that he feels that we are grown up enough to have grown up conversations. That's what he's doing with us. We're having grown-up conversations. We're having mature conversations because he feels he can, he can do that with us. And so I thank him for that. You know, I receive his correction and his instruction and his direction this year. That's the year it is, right? And so then we get his perfection. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so look at one more verse concerning this before we move on to your commitments. <laughs> Y'all are like, oh, well, spend more time on yours. <laughs> so 1 Peter 3, verse 10 to 11 in the Amplified Classic, it says, For let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days. Is that you? That's me. Good, whether apparent or not. Keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from guile, treachery, or deceit. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it and let him do right. Let him search, did you see that? Search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions and moral conflicts and seek it earnestly. Do not merely desire peaceful relationships or relations with God, with your fellow man and with yourself, but what? Pursue, go after them. They don't just happen. <laughs> Pursue and go after them. I want to enjoy life and see good days. The word deceit here is the action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. I don't want to misrepresent the truth because what? The word is truth. I don't want to misrepresent the word. This is what the devil does. Do you see this? That's what he does. When we are dishonest, that's deceit. And we are operating in the devil's arena. And we now give him access and opportunity in our lives, in our affairs. And how many of you know that that cancels out an enjoyable and good life? <laughs> that will cancel that right out. And so uh, let's practice honest communication. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. That's all we'll say about that. So... 
These are the things I commit to as a pastor of this faith family. And again, if you see me struggling in any of these areas, because you will, because I'm human. I ain't perfect. I'll tell you that. And you'll see me struggling. I ask that you pray for me. Just as when we go through your commitments and I see you struggling with them, I'll pray for you too. Right? That's a, a commitment that we make to each other, that we pray. Glory to God. All right. Uh, so let's see here. We all have responsibilities. I only listed four there, and you're going to see there's six <laughs> for the members of the church. But here's the thing. I'm also a member. You know the hair club for men? <laughs> I'm not only the owner. I'm a member. You know, I'm a, Yeah, so I'm a member of this household of faith. And so I have to also do all those other things and then the others that I talked about. And as God adds to the list, we do those too. Amen? Again, we're growing and maturing in him. And so life for us looks different tomorrow than it looked for us five years ago or even a year ago because we're growing up. Seven-year-olds don't do the same thing as three-year-olds, although sometimes they do. And, and you're like, what is wrong with you? Are you three still? <laughs> That's a conversation we have in our home with our seven-year-old granddaughter. Like, you did that when you were three. Why are you doing that right now? <laughs> well, God looks at us and does the same thing, I think, sometimes. Like, what's wrong? <laughs> you're having a temper tantrum now? You're 40, whatever you are. <laughs> Come on now. But as we grow up, we look different. We talk different. We change. Amen? The same clothes don't fit us that fit us when we were young. And so that's what we're growing up and maturing in the Lord. I'm so grateful for these grown-up conversations. And so uh, I'm also there for the members, for you, the members of this body. During your happy times, your joyful times, times of sorrow, uh, whatever it is, I'm there. And that's, a, that's another thing. Uh, you know, and one of the questions I'll ask is, how can I best support you during this time? And when I ask that question, please answer it honestly, because that's what I can help you with. I can only be there for an individual as much as they let me be there. Otherwise, it looks like pastors poking her nose in places it has no business being in, right? Can only help as much as someone wants me to help. And so when I ask you, how can, you best, how can I best support you? If you tell me prayer, guess what I'm going to be doing for you? Prayer. I won't nag you. I'll be praying for you. Amen? If you tell me, well, I could really use a phone call for the next three days, every day at 9 o'clock in the morning, well, I'll do it if that's what you need from me. And so just be honest. Again, honest conversation. And the, the love that I have for the members of this body is hard to explain and hard to express. It's like telling someone who isn't a grandparent how it is to be a grandparent. <laughs> it's a grandparent love I have for my Nina. It's just... I can't explain it anyway. Yes, I love my kids. And there's a love there that unless you're a parent, you don't understand that love either. But I just, for a grandparent love, it's just different. We let them get away with a lot more than I let my son and daughter get away with. <laughs> They're jumping on the bed and I'll jump with them. My kids, they jumped on the bed. They might have broken legs. <laughs> They're what? <laughs> jumping on the bed, you know, everything changes when you have grandchildren. Well, the love you have as a pastor, it's hard to, to even describe it and express it. It's just like you go with me everywhere I go, like everywhere I go. It's just, it's amazing the love that God puts in our hearts for individuals. So let's look at your commitments and mine as well as a member of this church. Uh, the first one is simple. Pray for the church. 
I said it a few weeks ago. When problems arise in the church, that's when people need, we need, the, we need you more during those times. That's when the church needs you, when there's problems. Uh, you know, I, I wrote this down. I said, instead of praying and staying, nowadays people tattle and skedaddle. And I had to look up skedaddle because that came to me. I'm like, what is skedaddle? And so I looked it up. It says, a hasty flight to move or run away quickly. <laughs> they tattle and skedaddle. But before they go, they got to go tell three people their side of the story, right? So instead of praying and staying, they're over there, you know, talking and, 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 and leaving. And, and when a church uh, has problems, and I'm not talking about these immoral things. I'm not talking about doctrine that has gone completely sideways. I'm talking about the petty things that come up in churches all the time. You know, we've got them. It's, it's not the elephant in the room. <laughs> we know we got problems. We all, every church has problems. Every one of them. Any church that stands up and tells you they have no problems, you need to leave. <laughs> because every church... Churches have people. People have problems. Therefore, churches have problems. Just the way it goes. But we thank God for his wisdom on how to deal with the problems. And we don't make it worse. We don't make it worse. We do our part to make it better. Amen? Glory to God. So we pray. We, 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 we pray. That's what we do for the church. And uh, it's interesting because we're growing up. We're followers of Jesus. Amen. We don't go around and tell, you know, three or five or six people to get more people our side of the story before we go. Right. And so, uh, you know, grown up followers of God, we pray. Hallelujah. It's hard to gossip about an individual or situation when you're praying for them. It's hard. Try it. <laughs> it's really hard. It's hard when you're praying about it. So prayer will keep a church family together through the most difficult and challenging time. Prayer will keep your family together through the most trying and difficult time. It will. It really will. And so uh, commitment uh, to pray for the church is the first one. If you follow through on this commitment, God will begin to bring people that are members in the faith family to your heart. And you'll begin to pray for them. It's a glorious thing. It's a wonderful thing. Out of the blue, you'll be sitting there eating dinner. And a family member will come to your heart and be like, oh, we need to pray for so-and-so right now. And the more God can trust you to do that, the more he'll let that happen. The more he'll allow it to happen. Glory to God. And so uh, I covet your prayer. And, and mom's going to talk about that on Wednesday. And so I covet your prayer. I think prayer is very important. And so there's not much I ask for as a pastor, but I ask for your prayer. I do. I ask for your prayer. I love praying for people. People ask me to pray all the time and I love doing that. And so I love when you pray for me too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then the second thing you commit to is to protect the unity of the church by abstaining from strife and gossip. We talked a little bit about this. Uh, we've talked also about unity and how unstoppable uh, the unified body of Christ is. And the devil knows that. The devil has a campaign out for families. <laughs> you know, during these end times, we read it in Matthew 24, that families will be torn apart. You know, there'll be traitors in the family, turning people in by your own family member, betrayed, right? And it says that parents, uh, children will, will leave the parents and, and parents will, you know, do their own thing. It, there's, the devil hates family. 
He wants to be, he wants, he, he doesn't, he's not a part of the family. And people talk about the universal family of God. That's not scriptural. You can be a part of the spiritual family of God, or you can be a part of the enemy's family. You receive Jesus, that takes care of your spiritual family. Now you have the father and you are part of his family. And so the devil doesn't like that because he's, he's not a part of it. He's excluded from that. He's excluded himself. He had opportunity. He was once in a very high place, leading worship in heaven. And he excluded himself from that. And so he has a campaign against families. He doesn't like it. And so he would love to disrupt what God is doing here. He would love to disrupt what God is doing in other churches around the world. James chapter 3 verse 16 tells us what is introduced when there's strife present. It says, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. I'll say this, strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Ever walk into a place and you know something was going on in there before you walked in and it wasn't good. You could, you could feel it. Just like the other day when we were doing our prayer in the morning online, there was such a manifest presence of the peace of God. I didn't want to leave my chair. I was just like, oh, I didn't leave my chair for a while after I prayed. Oh, manifest presence of peace. Well, there's a manifest presence of strife. Ever be in a room where things are just calm and everything, and then all of a sudden, something breaks out, and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> Awkward, you know, it doesn't feel good at all. Well, that's the devil. That's the spirits manifesting. They're very real. You know, <laughs> we talk about, and we'll talk about this on Easter, we talk about the unseen realm. And I think a lot of us, because it's unseen, we think it's unreal. It's not unreal. It's just unseen. Just unseen. It's very real. It's more real than this realm that we're in right now. And so there are real spirits that manifest. And so we want to stay away from that. Amen? We want to keep the door closed to the enemy and not give him any opportunity to have an influence or say in our affairs. Romans 14 verse 19 says, Romans 14, 19, So then let us aim. Again, He's telling us, pursue, search, aim. Because why? This doesn't just happen because the devil doesn't want it to happen. He's fighting against our unity. And people are like, can't we all just get along? <laughs> no, I'm sorry to tell you that will never happen. Until we leave this planet on this physical earth, no, we will all never get along because there's two kingdoms operating and they do not get along. They do not get along. So no, we can't all get along. In the church, we can get along. We're in the same family. But you can't get along with the world. To get along with the world, you got to go along with the world. And we're not going along with the world. We're not going along with the world. And when we say world, I don't mean, you know, you know what I mean. I, sometimes we have to clarify that. We assume everybody knows the world. What do you mean we are the world? You know, yeah, there was a song. We are the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, what I mean by the world is, when we say world in this church, what we mean is, in the word of God, it talks about how we all were once outsiders without a covenant. Gentiles, it called us. That's what I mean by the world. Individuals who have not received Jesus into their lives. 
When we say world, that's what I'm talking about. It's a different kingdom. But when you make that commitment to make the Lord Jesus a part of your life and live for him, you're in his family. You move from that outsider to an insider. It's just that simple. And you may still live like an outsider, but you have an opportunity every day to move in, move in closer, move in closer. And every day as you grow in him, you learn more about him. He talks to you and tells you, no, this is probably not the right thing to do, do this. Yeah, you start cleaning up your act a bit. And you start moving inside, inside, more inside, more inside. And, and then you're inside-minded more than outside-minded. That's when you grow up. Glory to God. So if you hear something, this is, this is our, our wisdom from above. If you hear something, you, you walk in and you hear this over here, some individuals having a conversation, and you're like, oh, that's about so-and-so. And so you take it personal. It's as if they're talking to you. What? I don't want to get involved. Yeah, no, you want to get involved. It's your family. This is why we have problems in families, because we don't communicate. So if you hear that, and you won't hear that, because we're a good church. We, we love people. But if someone comes in, and they don't know this, and they start doing that, you go to them, and you, make it, you take it personal and say, hey, I heard you talking about brother so-and-so. I really feel he could use our prayers. Can, can we just... Let's hold hands and let's pray. What do you think that's going to do to the strife? Cut it out. You can't pray for someone and sit there and talk about them. You know, out of concern. You know how we do. Out of concern. I'm just really concerned. But it's not your business. <laughs> it doesn't concern you. <laughs> but we pray for them. We make it, take it personal. They're a part of the family. We take it personal and we pray for them. And that's like pouring water on fire. It will just dismiss, dismiss that and diminish that. Amen? Amen? So that is not the go-to of the flesh, unfortunately. The flesh does not do that. The flesh likes to take out its cell phone and record the strife. <laughs> right? The flesh wants to pull up a chair and get our popcorn out and see how this ends. <laughs> How's this going to end? What's she going to say next? What are you going to do next? Yeah, that's, what the, that's our go-to for the flesh. That's just how it is. That's how it is. So that's why we have to discipline the flesh. Even in this. this again, grown-up conversation. We got to grow up. And as a grown-up child of God... <laughs> We're the teenagers or wherever we are in our life. We, we've got to learn to put the flesh under and, and, and walk away from that. We, we don't get involved in that. We shut it down. As fast as it arises, we shut it down. And we, we, don't, we don't allow that. We don't allow that strife. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So, strife and gossip. Glory to God. My mom says this. If you don't embarrass the devil, he'll embarrass you. She's told us that a lot. If you don't embarrass the devil, he'll embarrass you. And sometimes to get away from that, to stop the strife, it takes an extreme, uh, <laughs> you have to take extreme measures. Look at Joseph in the Bible with Potiphar's wife. She was trying to seduce him. He didn't just walk away and back up slowly. No, he ran out of there so fast he ran out of his clothes. Now it really looked bad. <laughs> she had his clothes in her hand, right? But he did extreme measures. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Run! <laughs> 
right? Sometimes you just got to just take extreme measures and embarrass the devil. Got to do it. If you don't, he'll embarrass you. And so that's what we, 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 sometimes it does. It calls for extreme measures. So in this church, we close the door real fast on strife. Amen? That's our commitment. Glory to God. Do you agree? Yeah. All right. The next commitment is to draw on the ministry gifts God has set in the church. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And the word continues to work in you who what? Believe. I can do my part to feed the word of God and uh, do what I need to do, but there's a receiving that's involved. Amen? It's a two-way street. This goes for me or anyone who stands up to minister, whether in word, in song, in whatever way. And I don't want to embarrass anyone, but the individuals that I have uh, participate in the time of the offering, I can tell you and I can assure you that every one of the individuals are faithful tithers. They would not be up there if they were not. They are faithful tithers. And they are faithful attenders. And they are faithful, they serve faithfully. If they weren't, we wouldn't, God wouldn't have them be involved in that part of the service. He'd have them do something else. But they are. And so when they come up there, draw on that gift that's on the inside of them. That's why I tell them, have a scripture or two ready. Have scriptures because that's what we can hold on to and lay hold of. And so as they do, our hearts are open. We start getting excited. And they may say something they didn't even plan on saying. That's how you draw on the ministry gifts of the individual standing in front of you. Amen? Amen. So we do that. Uh, glory to God. What else? Support the church with my faithful attendance. Again, this is something that I commit to as well. I mean, it would not be good if next Sunday I decided I'm just really tired and I just don't feel like coming. Sorry, guys. You're on your own for Sunday. Would not be good. And people would be like, look at her, she's the pastor. You know, why would you, well, why is it different for me? Well, you're the pastor. Well, you're the church. We're the church. We're the family. <laughs> so it's no different, no different. No. So, past, uh, so faithful attendance, and again, our whole series has been on this. So I'm not going to get into this some more. We, we read Hebrews 10.25 that tells us not to forsake the assembly. So we know that one. Support the church with our tithes and offerings. This is an area where I know a lot of people have left church. Left churches all around the world because of money. Because, you know, I've heard it all the time. I'm a PK, pastor's kid. I uh, grew up in the church all my life. I've heard this. I've worked, because I've worked in healthcare 21 years here. I worked at a debt collection company. I worked with non-believers. And so, but they all knew I was a PK. And so the first thing they would talk about, if money is the root of all evil, then why do pastors get up and take the offering? So first, we'd have to say, I know these people don't belong in church, or they don't attend church, not belong in church, they belong, but they don't attend church because they're quoting that verse wrong. And there were many times when they first said this to me and I was young and immature, I'd have an argument with them about it. I'm like, hold on, let's go to that scripture verse and I'll show you what it says. <laughs> now I don't even bother. 
because you, they don't want to know. They're just saying it, you know, and that's fine. That's if that's where they're at. But in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, let's look at what it says. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, The love of money is the root of all evil. How many of you here love money more than you love your family members? Let me see your hands. How many of you love money more than anything in the world? Come on, more than God? All right, good. I'm in the right church. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, no, no, we don't love money. But what Ivan said today is exactly, we want to fulfill and accomplish the purposes of God. And money is what you need. Because be, especially because we're a church, when we go stand in front of a bank or someone else and ask and tell them, we want to do this, they are definitely not giving us anything free. If anything, they're like, you're a church? Oh, no. Here's 20 more boxes you got to check because you are a church. No bank wants to foreclose on a church or anything like that. I mean, because churches have had such a poor reputation. We don't want to be that way. We don't want to be that church where the banks are like, here they come. They want handouts. No. That's not representing the father who has a cattle on a thousand hills. That's not representing our father who is rich. That's not a good representation. So yeah, we do offerings. We do take up tithes, offerings, all of that. And it goes, we tell you where most of it goes. You see where our money goes, right? And so anybody have a problem with that? You come and you talk to us. We'll show you our books. We have no problem showing you our books. We're not going to do that on a Sunday morning in front of the whole, you know, let's look at our books. No, but if any time you say, listen, I give in this church, I want to know where my money is going, you have a right to do that at any church you go to. You have a right to do that. And so we do things above board, without above reproach. And so we endeavor to be good stewards of what God has given to us. So we support the church with our tithes and offerings. Amen. If you have any doubt in your heart that mm, I, don't, I don't really fully believe that, I would say don't give until you settle it in your heart. Because then you are definitely just throwing away your money. You want your heart connected with it. Amen. Glory to God. So, just because someone tells you to doesn't mean if it's not in your heart to do, don't do it. Find it in the Word of God. Again, ask Him what He thinks about it, and then do what He tells you to do. And then support the church by serving on an impact team. Look at Acts chapter 6. I'm going to read this quickly. You ready? Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. See, every church has problems. Yeah, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve, these are the apostles, those who were with Jesus, called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. In other words, doing what God called them to do. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following and they name all of them. Verse 6, these seven men were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. 
So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Why? Because they finally got it right. They were getting it right. They kept coming and then there were rumblings and things happening, problems. And then they finally were like, wait a minute, this, this isn't working. Well, they opened the door for the blessing of the Lord and all that because everybody was put in their place where they needed to be. So serving matters to God. It matters to God. And not just serving to check off a list like, oh, I helped the church today. No, it's an important thing to God. And they prayed about who they put in that place to serve. And they chose individuals that were well-respected, full of the spirit and wisdom. And then it says that Stephen was full of faith and the Holy Spirit to run the food program. And Stephen, we know what happened to him. We read about him. <laughs> he saw Jesus standing. He got Jesus to stand <laughs> when he was being stoned. Full of faith and the Holy Ghost. Serving matters to God. Serving matters to God. Hallelujah. He doesn't just look on your service lightly. It matters to him. In Ephesians 4.12, we read that part of the reason we are equipped is so that we can do the work of the ministry, the work that God has called us to do. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. Use them well. How? To serve one another. We serve God with the gifts that he has given us, and when we do, he gives us more responsibility. We read about that, the talents in the Bible. We don't want to hide it. Remember, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Remember, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, don't hide your gifts. <laughs> Use them. Let it burn bright. Let others see that. And it says, when they see your good deeds, they give glory to you. No, to God. They give glory to God. And so serving matters to him. And there's no better place to make an impact than right here in your faith family. Glory to God. Because you know it's going to be appreciated. It's going to be appreciated. And so uh, when we give an account, like uh, Jesus talked about the talents, that's what they were doing there. That's an example of you and I. <laughs> they were giving an account of what the master had given them. What did you do with that? You are not going to have to give an account for what God gave to your brother or your sister. You only have to give an account to what he gave to you. That's it. Not to anybody else, but to you. What did I put in your hands to do? What gifts and talents did I give you? And how are you using them to serve me with it? And so that's why I want to hear, well done. Well done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, we're going to get ready to close. Uh, I talked about how the devil doesn't, he hates the concept of family. And, and he is trying to destroy families around the world. And this includes physical families uh, and also spiritual families. He's trying to destroy churches everywhere with strife and all of that. And so we're, we're committed to not uh, get into uh, his arena. We're committed to closing the door on that together. Amen. Uh, he would like to, as the author of strife, to divide 
the family. God's not the one who divides, but he would like to do that. And so I was pressed, impressed upon uh, by the Lord to renew our commitment to each other. And so we're going to quickly do this right before we close. Ivan, can you put that last slide up there? This is an exercise that I did many, many years ago, uh, and God just brought it back to my heart. And uh, it's something that we should commit to as believers. Uh, there's a verse in, I think I wrote down, yeah, Romans 14. It talks about building up one another. And so this commitment here, I commit to speak only words of life to you and about you, words that will build you up and never tear you down. And I want us to uh, say that together a few times. And then I want you to find some people and tell them that before we leave. And, and let's mean that. And, and I'm going to ask the Lord at the end of this, the Holy Spirit, to bring that back to your remembrance. Anytime there's opportunity to do the opposite of that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there will be opportunity. Anytime you teach a message or you preach a message, it says the enemy comes immediately. Before you walk out this door, someone may push you on your way out, and you'd be like, now what is their problem? I thought they just sat in the same service as I did. The devil comes immediately. What? What does he want? The word that's on the inside of you, because he knows that's the word that's going to help you this week. And so he comes immediately to take that word that was sown. And so we're going to get in front of him. Amen? So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to just remind us of this. If you would stand with me, we're going to do this in closing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. And so say it with me. Let's say it uh, like twice together. It's, let's say it. Ready? I commit to speak only words of life to you and about you. Words that will build you up and never tear you down. One more time. I commit to speak only words of life to you and about you, words that will build you up and never tear you down. Okay, find a few people. And if you have to look over there and say the words, go ahead, you can move around. Uh, find a few people if you have to, you know, and then tell them that commitment. I commit to speak only words of life to you and about you, words that will build you up and never tear you down. I commit to speak only words of life to you and about you, words that will build you up and never tear you down. Say it again. I commit to speak only words of life to you and about you, words that will build you up and never tear you down. Amen. I receive that. I receive that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I took pictures, so I have proof. All right. <laughs> They're like, oh, she's taking pictures. This is great. Yeah, because I have proof. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's pray, and we're going to be dismissed. Now, did you mean that? I know you meant that. I felt that. I felt the love of God in this place. So thank you for committing to do that. I commit to do that, to speak words of life to you and about you, words that will build you up and never tear you down. Amen? Imagine if the whole body of Christ did that. 
What a powerful, unstoppable force on this earth we would be. Holy Spirit, we just ask right now that you would bring these words to our remembrance as we go about our lives, our daily lives. If, if at any time there's an opportunity for us to do the opposite, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for your power that's within us that will come up and help us because you are the ultimate helper. Father, we thank you that you are our gracious and loving Father who always builds us up. And you are building your church. We tell you, build your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Thank you for coming this morning. Have an awesome day in the Lord.